Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a stylist? Have you ever wondered how do they get their start? Is it as glitzy and glamorous and fabulous as it seems? Well, we speak with Cassidy Preston. We talk with Cassidy about her journey on how she is pursuing her career as a stylist. It all began with a blue sewing machine, and her effort has brought her now into film. And it's been really fun to talk with her and find out what steps she's taken and the hard work that has gone into it and how she's helping people recognize that sustainability is really important in fashion. And we actually get into this conversation that I was not expecting and I'm really glad that she's so willing to be honest and open and talk about the impact that the fashion industry has on our environment and the steps that she's taking to be more part of the solution than the problem. And I love when she goes into styling, she takes the extra step to be conscious about the fabrics that she's purchasing and if she can use something vintage and if she could go to a thrift store and utilize sustainability in what she does. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get started with Cassidy Preston. All right, today we have this amazing spirit of a person. I love her so much. She is an inspiration and doesn't even know it. I guarantee she's not even aware of how she's uplifting others. If you end up following her on Instagram or her socials, you will see she is this very cool, calm, quiet, but very styled person full of class and so friendly and nice and when you go to her instagram i will tell you right now i can tell you from in person if she is using filter it's not much of a filter because she is truly that absolutely beautiful cassidy thank you so much for being here oh my gosh what an intro i hope i live up to all of these things but that's so sweet thank you thanks for asking (laughs) me to be on your podcast i'm so excited for you to be starting this too everyone needs to be listening to you you're always a light to everyone so thank you for having me (laughs) you're so kind thank you so much for being here so i want to know like i want to start in the beginning like where did you grow up oh gosh um grew up in atlanta georgia just like the outskirts suburbs of atlanta um i don't really have much to say it was pretty normal just like little suburbia homes. Um, My family moved there from Valdosta whenever I was a baby, so um, that's pretty much all I knew, but that's where I grew up. When did you realize as you're growing up in this very simple, normal lifestyle, like when did you begin to realize that fashion was a thing for you? Um, Okay, honestly, (laughs) I've like always tried to rack my brain, like when did I really decide that fashion was something that I loved and I think I stole it from my older sister um my older sister got a sewing machine whenever she was like 10 years old and I looked up to her so much and I thought it was the coolest thing she had this like little mini blue sewing machine and and she always said she wanted to be a fashion designer um and I was like that's cool what is that like I really want to do that too and she was a dancer too was doing all these other things so along the way she found a bunch of other things that she wanted to do but like that first thing whenever I heard that whenever I was five years old I was like wow this is so cool 
And so I think from there on, I decided I want to be a fashion designer. And I'm not a designer, but that like kind of started everything. And it's like, okay, I in some form or fashion want to work in fashion. So I would like I would style up my outfits and my mom would get on to me so much. She'd be like, you look crazy. What are you wearing? Like, what did you, where did you find this outfit? Like, change your clothes, like all these things. So I kind of started whenever I was that young, like five years old. Um, I would go to both my mom's mom, so my grandma on my mom's side, my grandma on my dad's side for summers and like have them teach me how to sew because that's Really, the only thing I knew about fashion was like maybe that means I have to learn how to sew. I guess like I didn't know. I like completely did my entire bed suit whenever I was ten or eleven. We like made all of these crazy pillows and stuff with all of these like purple and gold fabric and black and everything. I went super goth and like painted my whole room black and like sewed my entire bed suit like to redo it. My <laughs> mom's like okay she's going through a phase um but yeah I guess that's where it started long story short and it just like kind of went with me throughout and um in high school I was ridiculous and not at all like cool or popular or anything but like my clothes were something that were really important to me um, I didn't have like nice clothes um, my parents had us buy our own things and so I'd be going to like Plato's closet and like Goodwill and stuff. It didn't matter to me where it was from. I was like, before vintage was cool, I was like, vintage is cool kind of thing, not to toot my own heart, but I just loved it all. And the sustainability about it. So in high school, I like never wore, everyone was wearing sweatpants and t-shirts because you had to wake up at 5 a.m., get to school at 6 a.m. It was insane. And then you have extracurriculars after. Everyone knows how school is just like so time consuming and but I like would have a different outfit every day. I never wore sweatpants ever. I was like known for like you've never in your life worn sweatpants, have you? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to wear sweatpants. But so it just stuck with me. And my parents were like, you are not going to school for fashion. That's ridiculous. I need to like do something like become a teacher or they knew I wasn't going to be a doctor. If I see a needle, I pass out. Just like, you know, trying to steer me in a direction of like stability and you know, something that you should do, or at least, like, get a marketing degree or something, which I really wish I had done that, but it's worked out, it's fine. From there, I went to school for fashion merchandising. Where did you go to school? I went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. It's just south of Nashville, so yeah, I moved here, moved to Nashville right after high school and went there. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think my minor has been the most important. I minored in marketing and specialized in like international business area of that. Um, Excellent. Haven't gone to the international side of things yet, but the hopes are there. So anyone, <laughs> you need someone who speaks Chinese, I'm here. <laughs> I can help. Yeah, so it just, it started when I was really little and it just stuck with me throughout. Wow. All because my sister got a cute blue sewing machine when she was 10 years old. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> so was it your grandparents that taught you how to sew? Like who taught you how to sew? Yeah, my um, grandma on both sides. Um, I would spend 
I kind of like alternated summers at both of their homes. One lived in South Georgia where I was born. The other one lived in Alabama. So there was a summer we bought all of this furry fabric with my grandma on my dad's side. Shout out to Nana. She'll probably listen to this because she's the best. She bought me this like, I still have it white furry fabric and we made my first purse with that and we did like a satin strap on it and stuff I thought it was the coolest thing and maybe it's cool now again but it wasn't cool <laughs> it's so cool I love this <laughs> it's ridiculous and then my other grandma another summer on my mom's side she's the sweetest human she was so patient with me that's who I made all of the like pillows for my bed suit with we made like a comforter and pillows and everything it was they were really intricate too so she was very patient with me that took the entire summer I spent like two months <laughs> because of course we weren't just sewing every single day but yeah between the two of them they both taught me how to sew and that's that. I, it's not necessary, I'd say. You don't have to know how to sew. I just thought that that's what you do. So I just learned. <laughs> yeah, it's a great skill to have. So you're at MTSU. What was that experience like for you? It was great. Another one of those things that like to me, it was just a normal experience kind of thing. Nothing crazy. It's it's the biggest college in the state, um, population-wise. Huge amount of students on campus, and there's a really huge population that goes to school remotely. But Murfreesboro is basically, I'm trying to think of a comparison, but it's, it's a really interesting city. So you have like your whole college town side of things, and you have this whole other world of like, I don't know. There's an intersection there. Basically, there's one intersection there that's one of the top three most traveled intersections in the United States. And you would never think it going to Murfreesboro, but I wouldn't call it like a city <laughs> or anything, but it's... Uh... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to explain Murfreesboro. It's growing. It's growing very quickly. It's like one of the top growing cities in the U.S. Yeah. So it's growing. And I think MTSU has a lot to do with that. MTSU, they have a lot of great programs. I don't know if they're like known for, I, actually I know that they're not known for their fashion program, but they're known for their aerospace science program, of course their music business program, agriculture too. But honestly, the fashion program I thought was pretty badass. Like my professors were all so, so amazing. Honestly, my professors for all of the classes were like, I took accounting and I could not understand it. And I took the same professor the second time around because I didn't pass the first time because she was such a great professor. I was just like, I'm not understanding this. So like, I think the professors were awesome, fashion specific. Um, I had a professor, Dr. Kwan, she like scares everyone your first class. You have to, hit certain points in the program your first year and a half to then apply to the actual full program fashion program otherwise you're kicked out and you like can't go into the program so there's certain things that you have to do certain marks you have to hit actually like make it into that full program and she is a boot camp leader let me tell you <laughs> She scares everyone the first day and just like kind of keeps you on your toes the entire time. I had another professor, I don't know if she's still there, Dr. Peasuit. She was a lingerie designer, like, but all of them have done so many amazing things and then decided to go get their doctorate in fashion. And I think that's really 
special and rare and how amazing to decide to do that um, after they had been so successful in the industry already. Honestly, I loved the program. It's not like a very well-known, heard-of program, but I loved it. I had fun at that school and it's so close to Nashville that I just moved on up here right after. That's awesome. Any student I've ever spoken to who has attended MTSU has always spoken really highly of the professors, of the programs, of their experience. And I think it says a lot when you have pr professors like you just explained who were very successful and then decide I'm going to share this knowledge so others can be successful. I love that you had that experience. That's really exciting. So is there something you learned about fashion when you're at MTSU that kind of surprised you that you weren't expecting? I did not know when designing what CAD was, like before college, of course. I'm sure a quick Google search would have told me <laughs> if I just look up the product line development. Some of the textbooks that I kept were things that I was surprised about. So like the whole process of product line development between like designing via CAD and creating flats and all of that. I think that was new to me for sure. I mean, but coming out of high school, all of it was really like, honestly, I don't know how to do any of this. So I was just a sponge and absorbed it all. I think, I know you're not asking me for advice for anybody that <laughs> advice, I just want to say this out loud, is I would not go to school for fashion to do fashion, but I guess it really depends on like where you're wanting to go within the space. I think I just didn't know and I wanted to know all the different paths that I could take. So that's why I did that. Honestly, I wouldn't say do or don't, but I do think not to have like a fallback in any way, but like to have other outlying skills and then maybe take the classes that you want, like pick the classes that you want later on. Except I do regret not taking design classes just because I already knew how to sew and work with patterns. So I do regret that. I don't know. I'm, I go back and forth between like take every single class you can to maybe don't do fashion classes <laughs> at all. But I learned a lot. I mean, I can't even pinpoint besides those two things, like everything that we learned. But there are a lot of really cool, interesting things that I'm still using today that are super helpful, of course. That's awesome. And I think I've had professors like that where I actually have reached out and they they always love that kind of feedback because I don't think teachers get told enough, you know, that they're that they're a badass and the inspiration that they do. Um, yeah, definitely the professor I mentioned earlier. Um, Dr. Kwan, super inspiring just because she was such a badass. Like, I, I wish I could, and I probably could, like, email her or something, but I just wish I could go and be like, thank you. You have helped me so much. You're awesome. I think she knows that. But, uh, yeah, definitely her, for sure. Gosh, all the professors, though, I do, I don't want to leave out anyone but all of the professors were really really great so I don't know but it, she just stood out to me the most you know how to sew you learn from your both of your grandmas which I love is that is knowing how to sew like an important part of being a stylist because I, I was wondering because I, I believe I read somewhere that you either sewed a suit or tailored a suit for a character on a film like and, and how daunting of a task was that for you to take on? 
Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if I know which suit you're talking about, but I do, I do think it comes in handy. I don't think it's required. Um, I know so many, I mean, it depends on the specific job. I think like the industry in general, yeah, it's nice to be able to say that you can do that. But like for my job specifically, I think you can get away with or without it. I think it's something that you should have on your list to, to learn how to do if you don't know how to do it. I know so many really awesome stylists and costumers that don't sew and like why? Why even need, like they don't need to. Why learn if you are so talented already? You can find a really talented seamstress to be on your team, to work with, to collaborate with. So really you don't have to. But that being said, I, I'm thankful enough to have taught myself. My grandma taught me. I mean, you can't learn in the summer like how to do everything. So like, and also keeping up with it has been really helpful. Like I continue to, yeah, I think it has come in handy in those circumstances. So whenever you're like on a shoot and you need to sew on a button really quick again, or you need to hem some pants really quickly, it comes in handy a lot. Um, movie specific. Um, it's come in handy whenever we can't find a seamstress nearby, whenever we don't have the availability, last minute fittings, things like that. Um, I am trying to think of the actor's name. Um, <laughs> but there is one suit I painted, because um, like, I, I paint as well. Um, we wanted to create a specific look for a blazer. The thing is, is like we wanted to, to also look like a 12 year old made it. So like it looked really good, but it had to also look like a 12 year old boy who's artistic made it. And so like I did sew a blazer, I mean a uh, paint a blazer also. There's one um, that we had our actor come in. I'm sorry, I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> who's the guy from Back to the Future? Yes, what is his name? Christopher Lloyd, that's who it is. So I painted the one blazer and then we had one of our actors come in and his flight, it was either delayed or they just had him coming in a day before we were going to start shooting. Um, so we had to fit him in a three-piece suit, which if anyone doesn't know, a suit for a man <clears throat> needs to be tailored. It, especially if it's supposed to be someone who is a rich man in the 40s, his suit needs to be above his ankles, um, tailored, cuffed, um, it needs to be really well fitting, like fitted. I overnight had to fit and tailor two three-piece suits cow. one for him one for his Holy stunt double um because <laughs> he came in we fit him we got approval and then we went away at work so yeah tailored that one overnight which was something i had not done before <laughs> either so it was a little bit of a learning curve and a time crunch all at the same time we were shooting the next day wow so <laughs> that was fun <laughs> That had to have been a little bit like exciting. Yeah, like adrenaline's going and no pressure knowing that you're you're filming in X amount of hours that's dwindling away as you're you're sewing along. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone in film will 
say that like the whole addiction to working in film is adrenaline it's always like that it's fun it's hard but it's very sporadic and spontaneous (laughs) yeah it definitely makes you want to go back definitely and you're you're in with this crew that you're in it together so when things go crazy you you've got each other as you're trudging through the muck yes we call it trauma bonding (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) so you're at mtsu you graduate and then what did you go off and do because i'm guessing you just didn't become magically where you are now as a fresh graduate um, I did, actually. I just stepped on to... No, I'm just kidding. I um, <laughs> was <laughs> working at a retail boutique in Murfreesboro. They were so sweet. They would let us get really creative with outfits. It was a real... It was a true in-person styling situation at that store, Yowen Boutique. I loved merchandising, so I loved doing all of the visual displays of the clothing, like flat lays throughout the store, mannequins, decor, windows, all of that. I didn't know that it was called visual merchandising, I was just doing it. I would get bored and I would just redo the whole store. So whenever I graduated, they offered me a full-time position as the visual merchandiser for both of their locations and they were also opening a third location in Franklin and so I merchandised the first complete layout of that store um, which was really exciting. So that kind of got me started in somewhat of a great direction but I, I was still learning what, which I went to college to figure out what job I wanted to do in the industry and the answer wasn't coming to me yet. So visual merchandising was something I enjoyed. I was looking around to see where that could take me and I wasn't really excited by it. It was creative in a way, but if I were to go on to a higher paying job, it would probably be corporate. It wouldn't be as creative. They give you the you know instructions of what to do and I could go into that position, but I, I just didn't want a desk job. I knew I was too antsy for that. I wanted to get up and do things. And <laughs> right now I'm getting older and I'm tired, so I regret that decision. I would love to sit at a desk sometime, but <laughs> at the time I thought that I didn't want to have a desk job. So I was looking around at different options and decided that I could at least move in the direction of one of my passions, which is sustainability in fashion. One thing that we learned a lot about and we really dove deep into was sustainability in fashion. And I think it's becoming more of a known topic right now. People are starting to see that fast fashion is so bad for the environment and global warming. And it is a huge, huge percentage of our waste and more and more people are starting to see that fast fashion isn't the only thing that's causing that um we've been heading in that direction for a while but thankfully a long time ago when I went to college that's something that we really honed in on and the the videos we had to watch were tear-jerking it was so sad to see this affects not only the big picture but families in third world countries and 
animals everywhere and yeah it's gonna affect your next generation and generation generation so you need to look at it in that way that's really hard for people to see the future and be afraid of that but it, just looking at what's happening right now it's really really sad so what i decided was that i wanted to work for a company that meant something and was making efforts to be sustainable in their own way so I looked at, there's a local company here called Fashion Able. I think they're just going by Able now. And they are fully sustainable. They work with leather goods. They work with, they do clothing too, but a lot of basics and jewelry also. Fair trade metals, things like that. So I started working there in their e-commerce department. And it's a really beautiful company. I still work with them today to style. And I just wanted to keep moving. I just, I didn't want to stay in the same place, so I went from there to meeting an artist who also worked there, a musician that wanted to connect her friend with a stylist and a photographer. So her friend was putting out an album. I had just started looking into personal styling while I was at this company, Able. I wanted to do sustainable styling specifically, and she connected me to this photographer that was going to be doing this photo shoot. Her friend wanted a stylist for her photo shoot. And so there's how it happened. That was my first styling job. And I have worked with this photographer ever since. He's amazing. We had coffee yesterday. But I mean, I've worked with multiple different photographers since then. But um, that was truly my first one. We had the fitting at my condo and we had all of these clothes everywhere and <laughs> it was hilarious so it was it was great so working at that company really kind of started things for me and from then on I worked like different odd jobs trying to have flexible schedules so I could style anytime I could take off days that I needed to be on a music video set um, go to a photo shoot, things like that, which is where I met you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes. Thank goodness for that. And I'm really grateful for that. Like it was, it was, um, you know, it was just really great to get to know you and, and your passion and how, how incredibly gifted you are at styling and just your ability to notice color and patterns and design and just to watch you put that together. It was always inspiring and, and such a learning experience. And uh, yeah, like I really, that's where I think you inspire people and don't realize it because it's just a natural gift to you because of your, your interest and the time that you've put in to hone in on it. And, and yeah, and like with the music videos, so that comes along, you have the photo shoots, you've done editorials, like with all the stuff that you've done, do you have, along with your personal styling, do you have a favorite? Like, is there one that kind of, you get more excited about the the others? Um, I think I really love, which this has been something that I wouldn't have said a couple years ago, but I truly love just a regular old photo shoot. Love a photo shoot. I think there's something so creative about a photo shoot and it's everything about the artist or the person who are who's getting their photos taken. Because from start to end, this person who we are focusing on is getting to create their world and their brand, who they want to represent. You know, whether it is a musician 
or, you know, just headshots or something. Like you are getting to present yourself to the world and take these photos, these stationary photos that are going to go with you and you're going to have this on your website or put this on your LinkedIn or your next album or EP and they are getting to truly choose how they want to be presented to the world and I think that is so special. I think that is my favorite part of styling which is why I love photo shoots so much because the difference in a photo shoot versus I mean just a personal photo shoot editorial is beautiful and fun and creative also in its own way and so are music videos so are movies so are tv shows all of that is but I think a photo shoot is just so special and personal to that one person they are getting to shop for their photographer shop for their stylist their hair their makeup every aspect of how they're going to look how they're going to give body language in these photos their poses everything they find inspiration they take that and that's them you know and you get to help them with that journey i don't bring my personal style to the table I tried to figure out what their personal style is and run with that. So there are like questionnaires that I give and everything for that. But truly, the photo shoot is just such a cool, beautiful thing. You know, you say, okay, well, I want it to look grungy and I want it to be indoors, maybe in their favorite bar or something, you know, like this kind of thing. But I want bright colors and I want this and this and this and this is how I want to present myself. And like, you got it. We'll make it happen. And it's truly a collaboration between everyone working on it from start to end. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's a lot more involved, but I think it's really rewarding for everyone. I love it. And I know when I've been on um, photo shoots there's times I'm like I wish I had a stylist because <laughs> it would make it the process so much easier you know, to have someone just take that vision and make it come to life so I I love that um, that you you enjoy those so how did you get in, involved styling for movies so for movies um it was really random <laughs> not uh this past Halloween but the last one I was trick-or-treating with my siblings. They're really young. My parents had some friends over with them, and they were talking about the film coming up, and they knew I was a stylist. Um, I had never done like, commercials or um, film or TV shows. They <laughs> just looked at me, and they're like, you want to be the costume designer? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And they were, like, loosely, like, they were kidding. I was not the costume designer for this. Uh, Sid Young, good friend, she's amazing. She was a costume designer for it. Um, but they looked at me and they are like, yeah, this is a, a film with a um, newer crew. And this would be a great place for you to start if you want to. And I was like, oh, I've really never thought of it. But um, let me think about it. I had a job. I had things I would need to, like, wrap up. They're like, yeah, because if you say yes, you're moving to Georgia for three months and a week. Whoa. Like, five days. You have five days. <laughs> and then you'll be moving. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I better think fast. So um, 
thought pretty quickly, quit my job the next day, and moved to Georgia for a few Yay! months. And I was the costume supervisor. Um, I picked wow. it up pretty quickly. Um, me and the costume designer vibed really well, so we made it happen. We also did not know we were going to be building costumes for monsters either. Oh, wow. We were kind of told, it was like, yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, modern day, but classic pieces, you're going to be dressing kids, um, just kind of simple, like think Goonies type of clothes, like t-shirts and shorts kind of thing, but it's fall. Come to find out, we were creating costumes for animatronic monsters also, so <laughs> that was fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was actually a really good time. Um, very stressful and a lot of tears at the time, but um, anyways, that was not your question. Your question was how did I get started, and that is how I got started. It was truly just a right place at the right time. I love it though. Kind of thing. Yeah, I almost didn't even go trick or treating that day because Halloween's my favorite, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to go to this other thing. It's like, no, I gotta see my siblings. So I uh, just happened to be there and they happened to ask me because I happened to work in that field. And now here I am. I haven't stopped doing film for the past year since. That's amazing. So the universe just lined, like the stars of the universe just said this, let's present this to Cassidy and see what if she says yes and bites on it. Yeah. And I mean, they would have never asked me if I hadn't been every single day I had off working my butt off every day, um, styling to work on my book, to work on my portfolio kind of thing. You know, I would have never been in question for it. So it is always a mixture, I feel, of a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, good timing, good place, like all of that. Yeah all into one thing. You don't just walk into school, say, I want to be a stylist, walk out and say, ta-da. It's very clear from following you on social media, (laughs) you are constantly working. Like you've always been outputting stuff and it's just really (laughs) just beautiful to watch because you're very dedicated and clearly it's led to this, which, which I love. I love that for you so, so much because hard work is paying off. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. So was it scary to like quit your job? Like, what did you say? Like, you just went in and say, I'd love to give you a two week notice, but peace out. I, I have an opportunity of a lifetime. Like, how does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was honestly a lot of tears. I mean, I went to my boss and she is so supportive and so sweet. And I just went to her and I was like, this is on my lap I know I like I had just started at this company and I was like I really love the job I'm at um, but this has just fallen in my lap and what do you think I should do I'm really thinking about doing it and she was like absolutely I think you should do it I don't want you to leave Um, I was working in sales um, at Aveda and it's like such a close family there and that was one of those things where I was just like okay I'm working Monday through Friday I haven't been able to just it wasn't as much of a flexible schedule as I was used to to be able to style here and there so it's like this is a good way to get back into that after a couple months of not doing it and she's like absolutely I think if 
you know, you've finished with that film and you need a place to come back to because, you know, like, what are you going to do after? I was like, I have no idea. That's the scary thing. She's like, you are always welcome back here. Please don't hesitate to reach back out to me. You can come back and have your job. I won't necessarily hold it, but even if we hire someone, like, you can come back. And so that was really helpful to know. Um, Such a good peace of mind. And I never went back. (laughs) Not out of any reason besides I had a job after that and a job after that. And it's just been a crazy year since. That's amazing. I love that so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. So how did you start preparing to like work on a movie set? How did you know what you even needed? I didn't. I brought everything that I had. So a lot of the materials you need are pretty much the same. So I had rolling racks. I had sewing machine kits and all kinds of different things. And still didn't have enough. I filled up my whole car. And I didn't think about things like, oh, you might need extra watches. Even though those are sometimes props. You might need wedding rings. Those are always props. But... Um, you know, just to have backup things like that. Um, the movie world is a lot different than the creative photo shoot musician music video world. Um, cause that's fantasy and film is, it sounds like this is completely backwards and opposite, but film is real life. <laughs> I guess. Like, oh, you're walking from point A to point B. Why? don't you have on a wedding ring if you're married or you're I don't know there's just so many things oh you're outside you should have sunglasses like no on a music video you're inside you have sunglasses but that's because it's requested that kind of thing Mm -hmm. oh that's a jumble I don't think any of that made sense but um so preparing I thought I was preparing by having the things that I usually had and it wasn't quite enough. So I also, believe it or not, turned to YouTube. Nice. <laughs> There's a lot of really weird jargon in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into what any of it is, I didn't know what these words were. Actually, I will tell one story. I thought I needed to get like a, a few craft supplies for like yarn. I think thought I needed some yarn and things like that. And some people in the production office were talking about crafty. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go to a craft store, too. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was so new to it. They called me green. They're green <laughs> if they knew. But um, they were like, that. we're talking about snacks, like craft mm-hmm. services. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so just... Everything has a different term for no good reason, truly no good reason. And so I went to YouTube to figure out what all of these words were, and that helped me a lot more than anything, I will say that. Um, Other than that, when it comes to, like, um, continuity and things like that, everything was pretty similar. Professionalism on set was all the same. Just keeping an eye out for everything was all the same. But there are a lot of differences. I mean, if I made a Venn diagram, I'm sure I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's so many. Yeah, it it wasn't too bad. It was stressful. All of it was stressful, just in general. Um, But I figured it out. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Eventually. Right. (laughs) Thank goodness for YouTube (laughs) University. So 
sorry for the interruption. We want to give thanks to our sponsor, Girl Boss Copywriter. If you are a small or medium-sized business and you don't have time to manage your newsletter, write your blogs, maybe your website needs an overhaul and you need to update the content so that you can connect better with your existing and prospective clients, Girl Boss Copywriter can help you. So what challenges have you faced working on movie productions? Um, whew, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I would have to say, just because it's something I want to talk about, the biggest challenge is balance. It doesn't have to do with film directly, I would say. Balancing life, uh, health, life. Your days are really long. If you're lucky enough for it to be a five-day work week instead of a six-day work week, then you have a weekend. Um, one of those days are probably used up resting, and then another day is probably used up preparing for whatever you have going on the first day of the week. So if you're lucky enough to have a five-day work week, that's good, um, but the days are still really long. You're only allowed to work a 12-hour day, however you are pre-called typically, at least in my role in um, costume. Typically pre-called, you have to get all the characters and cast dressed ahead of time. Like, you know, they have to have their wardrobe set by the time they get there and they get there early because then they go into hair and makeup and then they go into rehearsals and things like that. So our day is pretty long because we're the first to get there and the last to leave because then once they're done for the day, we also have to collect their costumes and reset them and clean them and have their costumes ready for the next day. So your days can get really long. Uh, I would say with travel... Because sometimes your set can be an hour away, so that's two hours right there. If you have a 12-hour day, that's 14 hours right there. If you have a pre-call and you're there late, that's nearly a 16-hour day. And you get an hour lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you really think about it, 16 hours, how many hours do you have left to sleep and do anything for yourself? Not much time. And, I mean, come on, I've got to, like, do my hair sometimes, that takes some time too but yeah you don't really have a ton of time whenever you're actually in it I think balance is really important I think trying to figure out how to make balance something that's focused on across the board in film would be really valuable I know everyone's trying to create this big beautiful piece of art and everyone's name is on it, but I think our mental health is a lot more valuable than that, and we need to take care of ourselves and each other. I think making time for things that are important, grocery shopping, getting some exercise, some sunlight, take your dog for a walk, <laughs> be able to see your dog, um, <laughs> or your cats. Hopefully you have cats if you work in this industry. Um, <laughs> being able to read a book, meditate, and have a full night's sleep. A full night's sleep is not five hours. You will break at that point. So I think the biggest struggle is finding balance whenever you are working in a different state. It's easier because you don't have your friends there to, you know, 
they want to hang out on the weekends. You want to see your friends. You want to see your family. You want to do all these things. Um, so that makes that easier. You only can work with the people that you're around, or you can only see the people that you're around. Um, but whenever you're working locally, it's really tough because people want to see you and you want to see them and you're able to because you're close by, but you're also not physically or mentally able to because you don't have time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's also hard finding social balance and stuff. I don't know what to do about it. Um, it's been a common topic among coworkers and I, it's just something that's really important. Like you've got to make time for yourself. You've got to make time for therapy things can go so wrong and film or whatever creative thing you're doing is important but we're not saving lives so we need to save our own (laughs) that's much more important we're not doing anything that is going to kill someone if you mess up unless it's stunts or something like that or necessarily save someone if you you know do it perfectly so the biggest, biggest battle I have gone through is mentally with film, just finding balance between life and work and loving what you do and loving what you make and spending enough time on it, but not spending too much time. And I hope I said that in a way that was yeah, understandable. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I just went on and on. No, I think it makes absolute sense because I don't think people realize the work and the hours that go into creating a film. Like we, we show up to the movie theater, we queue it up on Netflix, and we enjoy it, but there's so much behind the scenes and there's so many hours and you know, you're, if you're doing outdoor scenes and you're up against weather and you're up against the sun and you have to get this done. And if there's the makeup artist, you know, having to redo someone's face because she just blew her nose. And now the seamstress or the, you know, the stylist has to come in and fix something because she ate a cupcake from craft services. And it's like, why did you have to pick the red one? <laughs> you're wearing white. <laughs> and we don't, we don't see that stuff. And so it's fascinating to hear your perspective on that because because I think there's a lot to be said to everything you just you just shared. That's a lot of challenges that we we think it's glamorous and it's glitzy and it's like no, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like for what? <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah. I wish I could say I was tired because I was, you know, suturing something or I don't even know what that would be. Or like giving someone. <laughs> I don't, again, I can't even look at a needle without passing out. So I don't know any kind of medical terms. It will make me nauseous just thinking about it. But like, I wish I were helping in a way and not extremely exhausted for something that was creative. But creative um, projects are still um, rewarding in a way. And I think it's like, it's something that everyone in the creative, like whether you're a graphic designer or a photographer or um, a canvas artist, things like that. Um, It's probably a similar struggle um, of balance and everything, but film, just for being in it right now, I know that film definitely has its ups and downs. Absolutely. (laughs) But you keep going back, so clearly you love it. So what is it? You you mentioned the people, you mentioned, you know, the, the common bond that you have. Like, what's what do you love about it to keep you there? Um, it definitely is the people. 
people are a huge part of it. I have worked with so many talented, amazing people specifically in the costume side, but I've also met so many other crew members that are so passionate about what they do, um, making really, really cool things. So that kind of keeps you going. I've made some lifelong friends doing this. So that's definitely been a big part of it that's like kept me in it. But as I mentioned before, there is a little bit of an adrenaline side of it. Like, okay, yeah, we're thinking of this script. We're thinking of this time period. Um, you know, maybe it'll happen in a couple months, that kind of thing. Next week, they're like, okay, we're starting today. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just start all of a sudden. So it's just like trying to figure it out. And then it's, you know, everything's happening so quickly. So it, it, in a way, it is a little bit of an adrenaline type of thing. And I love being up on my feet and just doing it. So then it's like, okay, it's go, 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 go time. And um, that's kind of a part that pulls me back and pulls me back again. And it's always, every project's so different. Every director is so different. Every script has been pretty different. Um, so it's also kind of like, my gosh well how can I make this character come to life or how can I help this designer with her view of this character you know so different things will pull you in every time and so that's why I'm still here <laughs> I love it I love it and I can't imagine each day is the same so like is there like a typical expectation to your day like what is it like when you wake up and it's go time for for the, the filming oh it's so funny um <laughs> you can have so many plans for that day and I've learned just don't <laughs> plan to be there <laughs> plan that someone will get dressed that day but after that it's like have your list of things that you would like to possibly get done um but most likely they're not gonna happen <laughs> You will have 10 other things thrown at you before you can actually get that done. But it's really like rolling with the punches and um, being able to be flexible with um, your day. And I think that's another part that I love about it is I've never loved going into an office and knowing exactly what I'm going to do that day. It's too repetitive for me. I am mm -hmm. a little spontaneous and I don't like stability <laughs> so that sounds ridiculous there are so many people that are much smarter than me that know how important stability is and knowing your day-to-day -day and having a plan I found out I'm just not one of those people I get bored whenever I know what to expect that day um, and I think that's another part that I love about this job is every single day is different. Even if overall you're doing the same thing every day, it's always going to be different. And you're always going to be running around and um, putting out fires and fielding different um, situations. And uh, it's part really frustrating, but part a lot of fun so you've got all of these different ingredients to create a job that um works really well for a good handful of people because there's a lot of people that work in this industry and i think we all have that in common that we just love that part of it hate it at the same time it's definitely a love hate right 
Right, right, right. Well, I know when I reached out to you to schedule this, you were like, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. And I'm like, I kind of love that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like that's always my answer. If someone's like, I want to plan this ahead of time. I'm like, well, it can't be too far. How about like two days ahead of time? (laughs) (laughs) Too far ahead of time? No. But I was seeing your emails come through and I was like, yes, okay, that's right. That's today. Perfect. Got it. (laughs) But never know where I'm going to be. I was out, out of the state for eight out of 12 months last year so I'm glad to be back yeah I love that I love that so you're preparing for these different roles and in these films and because the clothes don't just magically arrive and you just put them on people like are you part of that planning process to get the clothes that's necessary and like what does that look like are you going to thrift stores are you making them are you hitting up like retails like What's that process like? It's truly just like I said about how scripts are so different every time. It's truly different every time. It really just depends on the script itself of finding things. I mean, there's not really a set in stone answer. Just anywhere that you could find clothes is where we'll find clothes. There's also like rental houses if you have, um, like you go to a certain rental house for timepiece costumes um you could also work with a seamstress and make them from scratch um you could be creating things in the office or on the truck you could go to goodwill you could go to any of the retail that's available at the moment we call it like going out into the world and seeing what's available because you have an inspiration board and you kind of go and just see what you can actually even find like what is there out there and even if you're creating it yourself or with a seamstress you still have a limitation sometimes of fabrics that are out there depending on your time frame of prep if you have a long period of prep you could design your fabrics textiles also um i've never worked on a film that has had that luxury but i hope to one day um that would be a lot of fun um but you can i mean find things everywhere i mean even your own closet (laughs) i have a vintage coat that may or may not have made it in a kid's halloween film recently so nice (laughs) because it was cold and i had it in my car (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing I love it fantastic you find what works and you go with it I love it so how how does the process work for you to find work for your next film like you said you're getting booked up like are you you mentioned you're in a production office like are you with like a company do you have certain directors like how how do you find that that next gig um no I'm actually freelance um so far, it's been word of mouth. Um, you can also, you know, reach out to companies and um, agencies and things like that to find work. Um, but so far, it's just been recommendations and word of mouth um, for how I found this past year's work. Um, but yeah, you can do it a few different ways. Um, I'll probably reach out also to people. Um, but it's just kind of the network that you make as you go. And that network just expands every job that you get. Um, this past film, the most recent one that I made, I met an entirely new team. They 
were so, so sweet and so cool and love them to death and would work with them in a heartbeat again. And that's luck. That's truly a few people recommended me. Um, she had gone through a long list and <clears throat> happened to get to me by going through this list and I was available. I had just gotten available. I had just become free from a film <laughs> um, two days before. It was crazy. But um, she found me and I said I was available. So it worked out. Um, and that team, I would do anything for them. They're great. So it's really just kind of depends. But yeah, so far, it's just been recommendations and word of mouth. That's it for this week's episode. Next week, we continue our conversation with Cassidy. So, like, if you think purple looks great on you and Pantone says purple is out this year, wear your purple. <laughs> Don't listen to the trends. Um, wear what you feel confident in. That's it for this week's episode. Next week, we will continue our conversation with Cassidy. Again, we want to thank our supporter, Girl Boss Copywriter, this episode was produced and edited by Girl Boss Productions. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Lucretia, and this is Journey to the Rise.